We are now recording. This is Out Now with Aaron and Abe. I am Aaron, and as always, this is... Abe, hi! Aaron, why are you using your Sunday voice? Why are you using your Sunday greeting? Oh, I... <laughs> hey, what's up? <laughs> uh, this, is a, this is a special episode. This is one of our Out Now Nights episodes. Nights! It's it's back. It's been a, it's been over a well, year. Well, I mean, it's always been here. It's always been here, and they tend to be pretty infrequent. But it's it's been over a year since the last time we did a nights episode. Nights. Uh, it was uh, Abe wanted to rant more about the rise of Skywalker. That was the last time we did a more. Oh, that, <laughs> that, oh, was that one? Okay, where I really went off the rails. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and I was I was like pulling in all these things. Like, why would they do this? And why would they do that? This doesn't make any sense. If you're gonna hate the last Jedi, then I hate you. Yeah, that was pretty much the essence pretty of that episode. Right. But um, we're uh, we're back again with another nights. At uh, nights. Thank you. Uh, really good on that one. Um, <laughs> where we we generally have some movie theme topic that uh, we wanted to give it a little extra time to, um, because why not? Because we it just felt like it'd be it'd be good to to get into a discussion. Yeah, so, I mean, and... you texted me about it, and you're like, you know, it's it's more than a quickies, TM, mm-hmm. but it's probably less than a full review. So let's do a night's episode. And I was like, son of a bitch, I'm in. So speaking of which, we are doing our, our special nights episode here for, thank you for come. It, we, that's uh, that's it, not gonna happen the whole episode. Don't it, worry. Entitled "Coming Back to Coming to America," uh, where we are going to <laughs> talk about the recent Amazon Prime Video release of "Coming to America," as it not not to be confused with "Coming to America." We're talking "Coming to America." Well, we should actually probably say "Coming to Woo America" with the T W O. I feel like I'm emphasizing it the right way to get the, okay. get the point across. <laughs> I'm just saying. Because you're going to get it across with like that Jada Pinkett movie. Coming, waiting to excel? Woo. Oh. <laughs> I was like, uh, what Jada Pinkett movie is he talking about? <laughs> Woo. Okay, yes. Yeah, right. Uh, so yeah, we are going to talk about coming to America. Yep. Um, and we're going to do just that. So let's uh, let's get into it. Just discovered that I may have a son here in this land. How much child support is she getting from? The king pays no child support. No child support for 30 years and you came back? You was a dummy! <laughs> Hello, I am Hakim Jaffer, king of Zamunda. You are the heir to the throne. Yeah, my father. He's supposed to be like the prince of Wakanda. Wakanda is a fictional place. Not to everybody. Zamunda is a very real nation. I don't need no handout. Wait a minute. Hi. I'm gonna pay. Okay, baby. <laughs> Presenting King Akeem's son from America. And my mom's. And his mom's. So that should have been some of the trailer for coming to America. 33, 33 years later, we are back in the land of Zamunda. Prince Akeem, played by Eddie Murphy, is celebrating his anniversary with Lisa, who he lives comfortably with in the palace with their three daughters. Not having a male heir, however, is creating friction with the neighboring nation of Nexdoria, led by <laughs> Leslie Snipes' General Easy, who wants Akeem to marry his eldest daughter to his son. However, it is soon revealed that Akeem actually does have an estranged son he was not aware of due, due to a mistakenly drug-infused night back when he and Semi were first in Queens. 
With this knowledge, Akeem heads back to Queens to retrieve his son, played by Jermaine Fowler, to ideally prepare him for his own time on the throne. So, I assume we've both seen Coming to America many times. Is that, is that a fair assessment, Abe? Yeah, probably so much to the point that you and I could probably just reenact it right now. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. that so that film was a huge hit back in 1988. It's it's a uh, it oh yeah, we both saw it in theaters. We were both like three and two and a half. Uh-huh. Yeah, but uh, uh-huh. but no, it was a huge hit back in its day. Directed by John Landis, it was Eddie Murphy at pretty much the height of his fame as far as his 80s were amazing, and he was coming off of the success of both uh, the Beverly Hills Cops films as well as his stand-up career. And then mm-hmm. that was that that was one where he like really took in like he he came up with the story and he just kind of handed the project off to like to Landis to direct but like just he brought in a bunch of black talents he he wanted to make like a really big black movie essentially mm-hmm. and I mean it paid off as far as the amount of success that it had it, like it got okay reviews at the time but it was a huge hit and it gave a lot of like I said it had it had a large like a larger black cast than normal for Eddie Murphy but usually it was Eddie Murphy just. It, he was in the movie, and there's other people around him. This right. was like Eddie Murphy along with all of these other people who also get to be funny. Mm-hmm. Um, in addition to like the the other novelty of it is when Rick uh, John Land is coming off of like uh, American Werewolf in London and the, the Thriller video, he brought in Rick Baker to do the the makeup design. So he had Eddie Murphy. It was the first time Eddie Murphy was playing like a bunch of different characters. A Hall. bunch of Eddie Murphys. Yeah, 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 him and Arsenio Hall for that matter. Right. Arsenio yeah. too, also like a huge. He had just gotten the show. Did he, he get he a was, show? Yeah. He just got the, the show. The whoop. It was uh, like jo- uh, Joan Rivers had a show, and basically he took over. Like, Joan Rivers. He took over that time slot and like had uh-huh. his show, which also became a hit during that time. Um, and he was, you know, big and stand for, up and for a number of years. Yeah. So like, it, it, like among those and you, you know, you have all the extravagance of the sets and everything. You have James Earl Jones in a big role. You have John Amos, who was, a, he was a star in this day too. Like you have yeah. all, you have all these different things along with all these like up and comers, which is weird to say Sam Jackson, but Sam it's Jackson. Weird. Yeah. I was like, that's but like, exactly but, he, but, but he was an up and comer. He didn't really break out till he was in his forties. I mean, so he's like, Oh, there's still time. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, you know, you have a lot of things here. And it, you know, became not even a cult hit. It was just a hit. It was a hit movie. Uh, so now, 33 years later, we have this long-awaited sequel. Is it weird to say long? Like, were you sitting there thinking, when are they going to do a second coming to America? It feels like it's a pretty closed-off yeah. story. Right? Yeah. There, there's no, there's no, uh, there's no parallel universe in which I'm like, you know what? I'm really itching for a coming to America sequel. Like, where can they take this story? Now that, that's not to say that like I'm opposed to the idea of doing more with this. We'll talk about the film in a second, but it's weird to say long-awaited. Sometimes you're just like, okay, they did one. I don't know if I was like sitting there being like, oh man, I needed a second one, but they did it. Regardless, uh, this new film is directed by Craig Brewer, who because who's just just directed Eddie Murphy in um, Dolomite Is My Name. And he's made his own films. He made Hustle and Flow and Black Snake Moan. Um, so it, he and Eddie Murphy, apparently they're getting along because he's like, yeah, come in and do the sequel to Coming to America. <laughs> and once again, you have uh, you have you know, a lot of the returning players, along with new additions. You have Leslie Jones, Jermaine Fowler, as I mentioned, Tracy Morgan, Kiki Lane, uh, and Leslie Snipes, of course, uh, to make, you know, a sequel. So w- mm-hmm. with all that preamble out of the way, Abe. That's a lot of preamble. <laughs> Abe, we're, Is we're... this a Sunday show? <laughs> I just wanted to get all the context out of the way. We don't need to go over later. But, hey, where, where are you with like this one? Did you enjoy what Coming to America had to offer? You know, it's funny. And I'm going to keep this uh, night's episode heavy. Um, I like the third act. Or, I'm sorry, I like the first act. The first act of the, the first third of it, if I should say. I like it because it's silly and it kind of really knows what it is. And it actually goes for like these 
they're kind of like dumb service jokes, but they're also very like um, I don't know. They're just like laugh out loud funny. Some of them are just like ridiculous, right? The ridiculousness is high in that first act, and it it gives me a good feel for them being back in Zamunda. Uh, he's got three kids now. He's still married to Lisa. He still hangs out with Semi. You know, his dad is still there. There's there's a lot of like familiarity there as as you enter into the movie, and then you get to the other aspect of the movie, which is uh, who is the uh, you know you need this heir, uh, and where can you find this heir? Maybe some drunken escapade back thirty years ago is. Um, the answer the the keys to your answer uh, right so when you get to that point it's like i don't know i think this might have been a better idea and concept because they just didn't really execute on any of the writing and i i felt bad because i was like watching this and i was like i'm not laughing as much as that first part where it's like super silly and off the wall and ridiculous and i don't like like the Jermaine Fowler character as much because I have nothing to relate to. And in terms of like, I don't know his story and, and I don't know like uh, who he is and what he's all about. And then they actually try and turn it into like a a rehashing of the first movie for sure. But at that point I was like, I I don't, this feels very rushed. And so it was kind of unfortunate because I think that it could have had potential, and this is actually written. The story and the screen is written by somebody who's worked with Eddie Murphy for quite a bit. Um, so I was like, oh, this well, yeah, is... so it's the same two writers from the first film, along with Kenya Barris, um, mm-hmm. who's coming in here from uh, Blackish, among other things. Yeah, so it, it's kind of unfortunate because I, I didn't feel as though it was like a. It's not that it needed to be hit, but I just didn't feel as though it landed it, like for the jump that it was trying to make. Yeah, I'm. You know, it's like I, I mentioned the whole long-awaited thing because, like, yeah, I wasn't necessarily waiting for a, a new one of these. So the idea of getting one, I was really hoping that this was just kind of like a ride the drift of Dolomite is my name, which I think is very good. And I think, mm-hmm. it, I mean, Eddie Murphy hasn't been around for a while. He took a big break, um, if, if people haven't noticed. And even when he has been around, it's not like his 2000s and 2010s have been, you know, stirring with, you know, great films. Sure. Um, as, yeah. much as, as, as much as we like Eddie Murphy. So, like, coming into Dolomite is my name is like, man, that, like, it was great to see him just on and, like, having a lot of fun collaborations and, like, really just making a, a genuinely good movie. So this, I was like, okay, this isn't going to, I mean, it's not going to be as good as Coming to America, and I don't expect this to, like, be breaking any new ground here. I'm just hoping, like, the rhythm that they're in from that movie carries over this to just make it an entertaining time. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> it's frustrating because... For, you know, watching this, it's like you could see everyone's having a good time making this movie. I feel like that's mm-hmm. very evident. I don't think anyone like had a rough go of it while making Coming to America, a film that's very silly. At the same time, it does feel like it's just missing a special something to make it better. And yeah. I think you're saying the same thing here, where I think we appreciate, you know, certain aspects of it and what it's trying to do, but you're right, it's not executing it as well as it could. And it's a shame because there's so much talent here. Now with that and not not to jump too far ahead to like what my final rating would be but as no, far as please. like a but as far as like a here's something that you can watch for free on Amazon right now of course you're going to watch coming to america i don't i'm not going to i wouldn't say don't do that because it's right mm-hmm. there it, like it's right there for the taking so sure. like in that regard fine but in terms of like judging this as a movie yeah it is a shame that it doesn't feel more clever when it really could there's a mm-hmm. lot of 
you know, it's not just the re- like the rehashing of the plot. That's fine to me because it's well, a sequel. I think like, you and I probably both expected that. To yeah, happen. and and I, I know and there's a clear problem with that that I'll get to. But you know, I don't. I didn't think like, oh, we're not. We're. I I hope it's not the same thing again, but slightly different. It's like no, it's a sequel to Coming to America. There's not much mm-hmm. ground to cover in this kind of story. We're not gonna get right. like a political, uh, like no take yeah. on like Zamunda or so. It's just gonna be like a reversal of the same thing or whatever. A li- um, they do go into a little bit of cancel culture a little bit when they get back to the to the uh, the barber shop. Well, here so and we'll get. I mean, there's stuff that does work, but like the things that bother me is. There's, it's not just the rehashing of the plot. It's the rehashing of, like, literal jokes. It's one thing to do some of the jokes different. Like, I'll welcome John Amos saying why McDowell's is different from McDonald's any yeah, day of the week. Sure. Like, none of that's going to, like, bother me. <laughs> but when you have Semi, like, coming in and, like, literally repeating verbatim the, you know, sweat from a baboon's balls line, it's like, you couldn't, like, there's no way to mix that up at all. Like, there's, like, I mean... It's stuff like that that just like it feels really lazy. Where it's like these guys are improv people. Like they could they could throw in a joke on the fly if they want to. You just want to have them say the thing. Like that's not a joke anymore. That's just repeating something someone else said, which was you, which makes it weird. It's right, and and that happens a number of times to the point where like it's hard. Well, it's I mean, hard. It's it hard for me to... to the point where like they actually just do a flashback, and it's like. Why am I watching a clip from a movie from like 1989 kind of thing, right? Yeah, um, it's. I mean, that, yeah. like that's it. it like that's it's actually doesn't... fun to see that, but it's also like. I I I remember, you know what I mean? Like, so what are we gonna do with it? Like, there is a different point of it at one point. In the in the, the club scene, back, it but, works yeah. to it because you have to like add context to why we're doing yeah. this. The other part of it in the club scene is I really enjoyed those because that was part of the original and. You know, we'll get to this in a second because I, I know you still finish up on your thoughts. Mm-hmm. But it's like there's a charm factor in coming to America from '89, um, '88, '88 yeah. at miles per hour, and <laughs> I, I think that I'm missing that charm factor in here for for coming to America. I mean, I, to a. I think it's because it's so like it's a, you know what you're you're more in store you you know what you're getting more of this time around. So it's like it's not. You know who Eddie Murphy like Eddie Murphy he's softer well, now than he was sure. in the day and like you're yeah. you're coming into this and it's already giving you that soft Eddie Murphy because it's like it's, it can't really it's not surprising you of much. Well, not, not even the Eddie Murphy character. I'm kind of more just talking about Jermaine Fowler's. I know, yeah. So it's not. I think. I mean, that, what I'm saying is like Eddie Murphy. You know, at that point, he's a wise ass for the most part. So seeing him like in this smooth, like you know, this kinder, more heartfelt role that felt different mm-hmm. at the time and it feels different just because you have stuff to relate him up to Jermaine Fowler. I like Jermaine Fowler. I've seen him in a few things, but he doesn't, yeah. he's not a Murphy. He's not a, you know, a worldwide <laughs> huge superstar comic. He's a, he's a capable, you know, comedic actor. He's been in things that I enjoy, but like, he doesn't have the, you know, the magic that Eddie Murphy, like very much got early on and carried. Well, I wasn't over expecting it. him to have it. Cause to your point, you're, you're just like superstar level versus like, mm-hmm. you know, NBA player level kind of thing. Right. So it's like, no, Eddie Murphy is like, an all-time great, and Jermaine Fowler is like a pro NBA player. Yeah, you know he he's he like what you said. You know he's been in. Uh, he had a great compliment battle with a uh, friend of the show, like Keith Sandfield, in. <laughs> in uh, sorry, sorry to bother, to bother you, you, right? Yeah. And we, so he, and he showed up in a few other things too um, that we've talked about recently. But there's his story again gets very. It picks up quickly and it ends quickly, and that that part's unfortunate because. We could have had something here. It's like, hey, by the way, you have like this, um, the son of yours, and 
let's flip the script. Let's all go to Queens and have it all in Queens. Or, you know, uh, I don't know. Actually, that's not flipping the script because they were in Queens in the first one. They go back to Zamunda. That's the flick. They go back to Zamunda or some – I don't know. There could have been something clever. So to your point about it just doesn't feel as though you had a lot to work with perhaps and it just doesn't feel as though um, it, it was fully fleshed out, which is uh, – it is a bummer. Well, it's because – I mean – that's what I like with 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 Fallon, and I and I, I don't think he's bad here. Like I just, I mean, I don't think no, that's no, no, the, no. I don't I'm think that's the bad. Yeah, I I, 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 I know like the character. It's yeah, it's the it's, I, I think the thing with it, the Eddie Murphy thing that I was trying to, like I was saying is he has a cut. You walk in, you get you have an idea of who Eddie Murphy is. You don't have to do like his his like authority on the film already like shows it does. So the film doesn't need to do too much work to get you caught up with where what kind of person he is, regardless of the character he's playing. Where Jermaine Fowler, yeah, he's lesser known. He does he's not you know the supersonic star. So you need to like fill in that story, but that story is just. It doesn't do a whole lot. Like it gives you a little bit of context here, it's, and that's what you're saying. Like it, it just kind of like throws you in with this guy, and it's like you get it. He's smart, but he's street smart, and he's been raised by Tracy Morgan and Leslie Jones. Right. And, like they're, they're and like and they're funny. We'll get to that, but like mm-hmm. it, you know. And then it takes you to Zamunda, and I think the big, the big thing is here. I like seeing Zamunda. Zamunda's great. And there's plenty of things to admire about how they've constructed this, particularly the costumes by Ruthie Carter, which are amazing throughout this movie. But the culture clash of coming to America was great because you, you're seeing, you know, you, you know less about Africa than you do about America. So you're watching this, you know, African prince come to America, and that's funny to see. Seeing, you know, a Queens-born Jermaine Fowler in Zamunda, that's like a skit. Like that, that you know, that that there's not enough there for you to like really see this huge difference as far as what happens when a guy from Queens goes to Africa, especially when it's just the palace mainly. Like you're just sure, which is yeah. really just Atlanta because they filmed at Tyler Perry Studios. So it's... what? No, I mean that. Yeah. <laughs> so, but... oh, you're telling me that that those green screen looking shots weren't actually <laughs> on location? <laughs> so it's like you know the the joy of seeing Eddie Murphy as an African man interacting with the gritty world of queens that's inherently funny there's stuff that they don't really do much with the fact well, that this guy's in 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 zamunda now because it's there's not for one thing it doesn't not, exist there's not a whole lot they can do but also there's not but yeah there's not much to do because it's just like look we're doing you know all these different i mean yeah it definitely things. can't like, be one of those things where it's like let's go outside the palace walls it's like mm-hmm. for what you know what i mean like this isn't Aladdin kind of thing where there's, it's like, well, not, let me show you where I'm from. Yeah, it's like, there, no. there's not much to do there. Like, and yeah. so it, it doesn't it doesn't build to like, or you know, huge comedic set piece moments in the way that I feel like Coming to America like constantly delivered on just from the nature of yeah. the different but, characters. But that's what we're talking now. about, like with the charm too. Like, you know, we're talking yeah. about Eddie Murphy here, and we're talking about, hey, I love that the thing that he keeps on repeating in like the first part of Coming to America '88 is, uh, semi. We're just two African students. <laughs> like he just says, like, "No, we're we're not princes. We're just two African students." And it's like it's it, to your point, it's it's a fish out of water, but it's funny because it's Eddie Murphy. You know what yeah. I mean? And so it's like Eddie Murphy doing his thing, pretending to be this African student uh, who's actually a prince, who is very kind-hearted and a good son kind of thing. Um, and then you have Jermaine Fowler, and it's like, "Hey, I got one scene of you." being a good guy trying to go straight and being like, Hey, uncle Tracy Morgan, I don't want to be doing scalping tickets anymore. And then all of a sudden, like I I'm thrown into riches and I'm going to be, I'm, I'm trying to bring Queen Sizamunda, but it really doesn't work out. Um, because it just doesn't have that layer of, <laughs> I mean, I hate to reiterate what you just said, but it's like, it doesn't have that layer of 
anything outside of the castle walls, like anything outside of Zamunda. So what do we see? We just see a bunch of German Fowler saying like, this is how I would do it in Queens. And like, okay, well, I guess I've got to like do all these other tasks within Zamunda, but there, there's not that level of, uh, like the the scene that I thought about like in um, Coming to America '88 was the scene where John Amos actually gets mad at John, James Earl Jones. Yeah, he's like, uh, he's like, he throws the money back in his face kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you know, like don't talk to my daughter that way kind of thing. It's like there's none of that heart in this movie. It either. doesn't. Yeah, it doesn't have near. Here, let me tell you something. I watched Coming to America to prepare for Coming to America, and John Recently? Amos. Yeah, re, yeah, I watched it like yeah. two weeks before this movie came out, and. John Amos, he like really carries the third act of that movie. Like it really, yeah. he I I kind of forgot that like it kind of puts Murphy and Lisa and Semi like all in the background, so John Amos can basically like be running you know between James Earl Jones and Eddie Murphy yes. like trying to make the, like he's literally he's he's being funny in the scene. He's he's like carrying the entire movie, and then it gets to that point where yeah, you see this man who's the the whole character is. I'm a guy that wants money and wants my family to be, you know, in a good spot. That's his whole thing. And then it turns on a dime because he's like, you insulted my daughter. Like you just yeah, said, you wait and, just a damn minute. And it, yeah. and it really works. It's so, it's so like, that's how good, does. that's how good John Amos is for one thing. He's great. And I'm like, I'm so happy that he was back for this movie. It's brief as it was the, right. getting back to this movie though. We're mentioning Jermaine, Jermaine Fowler a lot. And that's another problem with this film. Eddie Murphy is kind of sidelined in his own movie, and I feel like that's a huge problem. Hmm, I didn't not, think about that. There's, I mean, I'm not saying he's not in this. Like, he's in it enough, but he, there's, you know, large chunks where he's not around very much. Uh, where and it's like, I mean, I want to see Eddie Murphy, guys. Like, I want, I, I want, I want to get my Murphy in here. That, that's what I should be I getting get more Murphy. of. Um, <laughs> and Arsenio, for that matter, because the first one, I mean, the romantic plot is you know, the main thrust of it, but it's pretty much a buddy comedy between him and Arsenio Hall. Right. And yeah, that's sure. not what this movie is. This is, I mean, it, it wants, it wants to be more of like, you know, I got to do this whole, you know, the Prince stuff with Jermaine Fowler and, and his relationship. And it's, that's the other thing. There's just so, there's a, there's a lot here. You have, yeah, I was going to say, there's you, actually a lot of plot elements There's a lot of plot. You have a lot of characters. really kind of like, some of it doesn't pan out. You have Jermaine Fowler. You have him dealing with, uh, with, uh, with uh, Wesley Snipes, with T- Tiana Taylor's character, you have the other romantic his the other romantic interest he has the the mm-hmm. the uh, groom the groom the hairdresser the hairdresser. Yeah. You have him dealing with being a prince. You have him dealing with Eddie Murphy's daughter Kiki Lane, who's je- who wants to be queen. You you, right. ha- you have Eddie Murphy. You have him dealing with his wife. You have you have Leslie Jones. You have Tracy Morgan. You have like all these characters, and it's like I'm not against seeing a variety of things here, but like you're saying, like. It can't. It doesn't know how to balance all of these things to make for a more engaging narrative beyond like jokes. And it's a right. yeah, it's a comedy. It doesn't need to have the most stirring of plots. It just needs to have a way to like get you from place to place to place so you can just have different ways to laugh. But it's not funny enough to be able to pull that off, which is also that, a that's the unfortunate part too. It's not funny enough, which is a shame because there's a lot of funny people here. But I think that the the jokes that they wrote in this are. They're very one note, and so like yeah, like it's important. The example that I'd have in, off the top of my head is, um, Jeremy Fowler's character has to go and learn do three tasks, and so these three tasks, one of them is is learning about all the past kings of Zamunda, mm-hmm. and he just like names like a funny name in one of the scenes. It's like this is not really a joke. It's kind of just. You saying like a name that I guess if you didn't really catch it, you'd miss that that entire point of the scene. But you know, it's, it's like there's the the level of 
joke writing and the level of story writing is is not on the same page. Um, so not, it no, makes for like a weird movie mm-hmm. of like it, it's full of nothing, which is a shame. Certainly when it comes to characters that are just, you know, they're not inherently comedic actors. There's just a lot of like characters talking with each other to move the plot forward or develop or kind of develop the character. Like that's not a strike against like Kiki Lane's character mm-hmm. or the or the or the 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 hairdresser that he's you know tries to be mentally involved in. But it's like I you know we're watching Coming to America. The movie's you know it's not going to win too many points as far as the romantic drama taking place. He's like you want to laugh and it just doesn't have it doesn't pack those moments with you know as much humor as it could. On the other hand, and it, because again I don't think this movie's terrible. I do think it has a lot of entertaining moments in it. When it's just scenes of like. Murphy, Hall, Leslie Jones, or Tracy Morgan just like in a room together talking. That mm-hmm. those scenes work. Like they, they, they. Yeah, like, the dinner scene is hilarious. The dinner scene, like, or like when the 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 when they first meet them in the apartment in Queens, and Leslie Jones like meeting Akeem again for like the first time in thirty years, <laughs> and and like they're debating like whether we should go or not, and Leslie Jones is like, let's go, let's right. get out of here. And her friend, her friends are like, aren't you? What about all your stuff? It's like this stuff sucks. Let's yeah, leave. This it's just sucks. like there's a lot of like funny bits and stuff because it's just like a bunch of funny people in a room being funny where like the script isn't like directing them. It's just them like, you know, moving off their own comedic energy. And I just wish there was more. And that's, you know, when you have a lack of Murphy in the room, yeah, it shows because the movie's not as funny anymore. So it's like, yeah. And it's also weird because like, I, I sometimes like, I I sometimes I grapple straddle between like two worlds when I watch these comedies, Mm -hmm. like these types of comedies where I know that the performer is very good at ad-libbing because I've seen them in SNL or they have, like, a really good special or mm-hmm. whatever. Leslie Jones is great in SNL, and also she was great in, like, Top 5. Different energy in Top 5, though. But what I liked about Top 5 is that those scenes were probably somewhat scripted out, too. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And then let me also have you ad-lib some. Sometimes when you have, like, a full ad-lib scene – it does feel a little bit clunky and it, or not clunky. It does feel a little bit too like cacophonous, not harmonious sure, with yeah. like the rest of the scene. So that's like one of the drawbacks is, is I was watching all these, um, all of these, you know, it's a comedy. Eddie Murphy loves putting his, his, um, outtakes in the credit scenes. I'm watching these credit outtakes. It's like, yeah, it's clear that everybody here had a good time, but also sometimes it felt like you guys were ad-libbing too much. And, I, maybe maybe the script just wasn't strong enough to even support um, writing all these good jokes in, but you know, like the jokes that they wrote in the script were not very good either. So it's kind of like a weird catch twenty two because uh, you're damned if you do, you're damned if you don't. I, I like the example here would be like, okay, cool, let's write a scene where uh, he has to go, where Jermaine Fowler has to like complete the last test, which is getting the whiskers off of a lion. Uh-huh. Um, what is the setup here? The setup is. I'm going to build a cage and then I'm going to get the, get the, uh, the whiskers. What's the joke and punchline. I will paint the, the cage with cat food. That's not a really good joke. You know it's what just, I mean? It just drags the movie down. Like, it's like, why do we need like an action scene in this movie? <laughs> like, it's like, why is this here? I mean, it's not even like a full on action scene but either. It's, but you know, but I it's, it's just like, yeah. here's like a, you know, this is separate from, People are talking and making jokes, and it's just like, what? Well, you know, I don't feel stronger about you know Lavelle at this point. I, like, I don't, you know, the the relationship between him and his his half sister, like, okay, they're better now. 
it doesn't. Yeah. So it's like, what? Like, what? Am I mean, I the whole entire like his daughter's taking over the kingdom also goes nowhere. Like you could like the, the third thing could have just been the the big circumcision joke. Like that could have like he didn't need the whole lion stuff to begin with. He could have just yeah. Like, but, that's... Like, even even that joke was like it's funny, but also like whoever plays like the shaman was that? That's Arsenio Hall. Yeah, I was gonna be like that looks like Arsenio, but <laughs> it's I Arsenio. Sure. Yeah. I didn't look up the end yet. I, that was supposed to be Chappelle. That was the original plan to have That's Chappelle play that role, but he couldn't. He couldn't make it work, so they got yeah. so Arsenio just played him too. Yeah. But you know, like what you what you could do is you could just make that guy much more prominent because that guy is hilarious. Like when he shows up because he's Arsenio's dad in the movie too. Like he they, he spits at his son, and he's just like, you know, like uh, it's it's very funny when these people are act. Like having multiple Eddie Murphys or multiple Arsenios is funny. It is a good show. It's a good time. So I, we're kind of running in circles here because that's the same thing you just said earlier. Like you know, if you need, you should definitely have more Arsenio and and more uh more uh Eddie in this movie like together. But um, I I did have problems with like the Love Hell character. I did have problems with the way that the Leslie Jones character pans out. I had problems with the way that these problems are ironed out. Like, I, it's not very fair to compare them to anything, mostly just because, you know, it's a movie and it came and went, and it is what it is. Uh, it's not looking for, like, awards consideration. It's not looking for whatever. It's kind of just like, hey, let's let's make a sequel because it might be fun. And I, I might want to mm-hmm. say some things about the the growth of Hakeem's character. And it's like, yeah, that, well, that's, yeah. that's another thing. There's not much growth in Hakeem's character. <laughs> like, if anything, it's it, it, it goes backwards because the movie's... You know, the focus is I need to get a male heir and or I need to I need to figure out what's going to happen with the kingdom. And his thing is, OK, I, I guess I need to, I have my son now. I guess I'll force him into a mar- I'll get him into a marriage with uh, with next Doria. Right. Which is the same. So I don't get killed. So I don't get. But also because it's tradition and it's like, wait. The first movie was about you defying tradition so you can find your own wife. Like, why are we just repeating this again? Like, yeah. it does, it's just. Yeah. And there's like, you know, there's mild drama involving like, for one thing, Lisa and just like the the others like recapping his own story back to him to try to get right. him to remember. And with flashbacks. And I, and I think like there's a way to do that. There's a way to like emphasize like how you you tried to revolt against becoming your father and then you did grow up to be your father anyway. Like there's a way to do that story, but this movie doesn't do that. It just kind of throws you in. To, it tries. It just tries to make you forget that this was whole. The king's whole plot in the first movie, the first time, and it's like, okay, that's a little annoying because like the we, the reason we like this guy is because he didn't want to just do the thing that all the other kings did. He wanted to do his own way. Yeah. And now and he's then, just that, settling that, uh, into it. Yeah, that does come to a head toward the end, uh, where Lavelle, you know, stands up for himself. It's like, mm-hmm. isn't this what you did, kind of thing. And and it's so weird because uh, that plot point. While it is necessary to advance the movie, it it's a strange character development mm-hmm. because Lavelle was one that was just like, I love Zamunda, I love being a prince, I love uh, this lifestyle, um, let me take advantage of it to some degree, and then all of a sudden he's like, Nah, uh, I'm gonna, this isn't really what it's all about. Like, uh, I'm gonna fall in love with like the hair dresser. So. It's, it's the all, same It's all plot. dictated by plot because it's like yeah, yeah it's like just... when you're because you're you mentioned when you're introduced to him he's like he wants to get a real job and like yeah. you know be a man 
then the second he's offered like riches beyond his wildest dreams, like yeah, let's do that instead. Yeah, and like oh, there's a there's a wife that or there's a woman that that could be my wife if I want her to be. Let's do that. It's just like there's like this character's just kind of a nothing as far as this yeah, goes. the character is a nothing, and that's that's like the worst part of it is like. Why did you even have this plot point? You know what I mean? Like, because if you're if you're not going to expand upon how either Hakeem has changed or like make me feel bad for this person, empathetic for this person, or even sympathetic for this person, I don't really know the purpose of Lavelle's like storyline here. Like, you know, you totally could have had him cut out or him be like a red herring, and just be like, no, he's actually not my son, and I'm going to name my daughter the King of Zamunda. Well, it tries to have it both ways because it like it brings it in. You know, it's and, a weird way to. And then, and then it eventually, it, then it goes back to exactly what you predicted to happen anyway, which is yeah, his daughter becomes the queen. <laughs> like it's. Yeah, but it's like it's such like a clunky way to do it. It's like, it is. It's very clunky. I hey, agree. how about if your brother watches over the U.S. It's like, <laughs> what? So, it it came out that Ryan Coogler uh, pitched an idea, and Michael B. Jordan would have been the son character in this scenario. And Eddie Murphy said no. He vetoed it. He said no to whatever his 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 uh, proposal was for the Too script. Too Black Panther? <laughs> I, I don't know what it would have been. If I had to guess, I think it's probably something that was either had more relevance in it or is more, not necessarily serious, but just went in a... I think it, if I... Again, I'm just speculating, but I feel like it probably tried to do something that was more than just easy. And given, you know, this is a... PG-13, fairly family-friendly comedy, I feel like Eddie Murphy just didn't want to do that. I don't think, like, I don't feel like he wanted to have that kind of challenge for coming to America. If it was, maybe if it was something else, he would have, like, embraced that more, but I feel like he's more comfortable just making this a pretty easy-going movie where everyone can just have a good time as opposed to making some kind of challenging follow-up to coming to America. That's purely speculation. But, sure. I, I, but, and, I, but, I, but I, but I don't know what else Ryan Coogler would, like, challenge Eddie Murphy with beyond, like, doing more than he might be comfortable with at that time. Yeah, and even at that at that thing, it's just like I don't think that Eddie Murphy would have done it anyway, um, because Eddie Murphy—that's just not what Eddie Murphy does. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, not that not even the challenge part. Like, Al, Eddie Murphy has wanted to do—he's he's made dramatic movies. You know, like Mr. Church was kind of laughable, but at the same time, like that was Eddie Murphy being a dramatic actor. And then also you go uh, back, you go back to like I don't know, like Harlem Nights when he directed a movie for the first time, mm -hmm. or when he did like Boomerang, where it's a, it's not you know it's still a comedy, but it's like a romantic. It's it, you know, it has something else going on, or yeah. even like Life has you know is a comedy drama. Like there's there's ones right. where it does push him a bit out of his comfort yeah, zone. Yeah, it's it, yeah, exactly. It's got some ideas in it, but it just wasn't received that well because either execution wasn't great or what have you. And then more, most recently is Dolomite is my name, where he is a loser in the movie and then he takes on a different persona mm -hmm. right and that is interesting because like you know um eddie murphy is just to spin off on a tangent on eddie murphy specifically because you and i know a lot about him as well mm -hmm. uh not that we're friends with him i i don't have his phone number yet <laughs> but i'm sure that you might live near him uh, he's in la but, so yeah probably <laughs> yeah I, know, I was thinking he lives down the street he's 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 down the street from you um but eddie murphy is a private guy and he's also not one that wants to wallow in like his past yeah. wins and victories like he'll do comedians and cars doing uh, getting coffee with jerry seinfeld because jerry seinfeld is like a great and he's also a great 
But when you watch that interview, he doesn't want to rehash SNL. He doesn't want to rehash Raw. Uh, he doesn't want to. He he wants to talk about comedy in the form of comedy. Mm-hmm. And he'll like when he breaks into like a bit, it's so good. You know yeah. what I mean? Like he's still so good. So Eddie Murphy isn't one of those folks that's just like, hey, let me let me hear what Ryan Coogler has to say, and let me think about it and like make it let me let me try and make a movie like that it's like i don't think that he would want to do something that to use your words i guess challenge him but you know that doesn't sound correct either it's just i don't think that he wants to make those kinds of movies because if he wanted to make that kind of movie he wouldn't use this vehicle to make it Does yeah that make sense? it no i hear what you're saying i i i agree that's why i think something like this is like this is something comfortable it makes it makes me hope that there's something else he's working on or that he's feeling out as far as what to do next because this is like this feels like just getting it out of his system as far as like just being on a set like this again and getting a lot yeah, of his friends part together of me is also just, exactly yeah part of me is just like his friends wanted to do something and he's like okay you know what i mean like i've got time because like just um, just because just re- just looking at recent history like he did dolomite which was like part it was partially a passion project for him because he's very he was very much a fan of rudy ray moore and all that and like he wanted to like you know get that memory out there and he did it and it was great and then and he, and he did it and he went back to saturday night live which was also great yeah one, there's one skit in there that i keep watching a lot because it's hilarious it's the one with the with the the, the christmas elf thing it's very funny <laughs> um and that and now he's done this sequel to coming to america and now and he plans to go back to stand up that's what he keeps talking about i hope that happens and i hope it's real i wouldn't i won't be surprised if it's brilliant but i like i can't wait to see it happen but I, I hope it leads to like him. Oh, I hope his comedy muscles just warmed up now for him to just do more because he he can. He's clear. Like you mentioned, that comedians and cars getting coffee episode is great because you can just see yeah. it. You can see how much of a comedy nerd he is. Where it's like he knows how to do this. Like it's not like he's broken. It's just, yeah, it's not like, like he's broken. It's just like he just probably doesn't feel challenged in some way. It's weird because we're saying like he doesn't want to do challenges. Well, it's because he's like, you know he's a millionaire and he has he has ten kids. I know. Like he has a he has no, a life. That's the thing too. Is like <laughs> yeah, because because people kind of like he he made all these kids movies because he has kids and yeah. he's I think he said that publicly. And you know it's not as though people didn't want to see Eddie Murphy movies or see more of his content. It's just like people change too. So that's why I love if we're gonna get into stand up super quickly. I love like the way that Dave Chappelle and Chris Rock. They've changed their comedy as well. I mean, a lot of people change their comedy as you get older. You get more introspective and reflective. Mm -hmm. I mean, Aziz had his special that was shot by Spike Jones recently on Netflix. It's like it's different from the way that he did comedy like 10 years ago. And Dave Chappelle, you've definitely seen a change in him like physically and also – like his voice Ch- Chappelle's uh, become like a philosopher that just happens to be funny. Like that's like, yeah, it, it's like <laughs> what he's doing right now is like, I don't know, man, I, I have to go meet Dave Chappelle. Like if you're going to tell me there's a lecture that's really intelligent, that's going to be given by Neil deGrasse Tyson and, or Dave Chappelle, I'd be like, I'm going to go see Chappelle. Like, I mean, it's like, I want to learn yeah. from him. <laughs> totally. Yeah. And it's like, you know, it's going to be like a, a 12 by 12 room and he's going to be smoking on stage. So like I'll wear three masks. <laughs> <laughs> Let's, uh, let's get back to this movie a bit because I yes, want to I want to yeah. talk about stuff that does work. Um, one of those things is Wesley Snipes, who I think is hilarious I, in this movie. Yeah, I wanted to bring him up specifically too. Like he is so funny in the little time he has. Every single thing he him just walking into a room is hilarious to me. I yeah, I, I so he's want not walking. Yeah, he's like strutting. He's or doing dancing. a he's doing some kind. And it's not even like it's not even bizarre because like it's Africa and there's tribes and there actually is like this kind of no, like. No, I just show... figured that it was like a Wesley Snipes thing. No, it's very much. Like, no, I'm not saying it is. It very much is something he created on the spot. But there is like there is a. 
there is a context there as far as how you present yourself as a leader in a nation. Like there's there's something there that comes that comes out of that. But Snipes does it and he does it great and he's dressed to the nines all the time. Like he just like this is like why is Wesley Snipes that I need him to get more lead roles again. He has never not been good as an actor. I it's unfortunate that he came into so many like legal troubles and he's done like these direct video stuff, but he's such a great presence in any and he's so ver- versatile. He can be funny or dramatic or action guy. Like he's just great. And here he's in it for what? Maybe 10, 15 minutes at most and he's hilarious in this movie. <laughs> Passenger 58 make it happen. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the sequel. <laughs> But yeah, um, he, yeah, he, Eddie Murphy, yeah, I mean, sorry, Wesley, Wesley Snipes is really good because right when he comes on the screen, it was, I was like, oh shit, it's, it's Wesley Snipes. His hype <laughs> man is great too. By, his... Yeah, he's introduced by uh, his, his uh, I forget the guy's name, uh, but one of his like lieutenant guys, mm-hmm. and then it's like the, the pathway clears and he just comes on the screen and it's so energetic and I'm just like, I, I miss seeing Wesley Snipes. And he's like that throughout the rest of the movie. There's not a lot for him to do too, but the the few moments that he's in the movie, he is very fun to just see. Just little things, like he just like the way he looks at somebody, the way he just like points his finger or his like whip thing that he carries, it's just like he's just hilarious all the time. And so it's like this movie's so capable of doing more if it wants to. It has it has this like giant gun of talent it could just shoot off at you with all these different funny people in here. It's it's a shame that it's not better because of it well what else works for you um the i i don't i mean it's hard not to say it peaks here but i do think it does at the funeral the early the the living funeral that james James earl jones has because it's for one thing i actually think it's quite one of the more tender moments it is actually tender i do think it's emotional both because i really don't you know james earl jones is up he's old he's old he lit by the way he didn't he didn't film at all with eddie murphy in this movie you wouldn't he know did that. Nope, not he didn't fly because he can't fly anymore. He huh. can't. He can't travel. They all filmed in Atlanta. He was filmed separately. You wouldn't huh. know it watching this movie because they did a pretty good job at that. Yeah. Um. You can see. I mean, now when you think about it, it's like, yeah, you can notice that he's only in frame by himself or whatnot. But yeah, I mean, magic. But watching it, you're like, oh, well, he's in the scenes. Um, right. But regard. Part of it, yes, is because James Earl Jones is an icon and. He's old, and I realistically know he's probably going to pass away at some point in the near future, which is unfortunate. But so watching like this living funeral of people celebrating, you know, King Jaffa, but at the same time as James Earl Jones, it's sad when he dies because it's like I don't want James Earl Jones to die. Um, but yeah, I mean, but he he like he lives behind a great uh, filmography, and he's also such a great talent. Um, for sure, I I love the way that he dismisses himself in this movie because mm-hmm. that was very sad because everything that you just said i'm saying that it gets to you just because yeah. he like the way he does it where it's like that could be handled poorly but somehow james earl jones nails that His regalness really nails it just it, nails yeah. it but with yeah. that said that whole funeral is really entertaining though for one thing more costumes the dance numbers are really fun and Morgan Freeman comes out well, and it's hilarious. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna be like, it's not even like the dance numbers. It's they have En Vogue and Salt and Pepper. Yeah, you know, come out. And it's, that's that's like another thing that it applied on. And, that you and Gladys Knight. <laughs> and Gladys, sorry, yeah, Gladys <laughs> but that's like another thing that you could have just done with it, which is like, let's just make this an '80s throwback. And and do that like in set in like 2021 kind of thing. Like it, it like, ki- that's the thing. It, it kind of is, but it just doesn't nail it, right? Like the the zaniness of this movie needs to be either zanier or funnier. 
because it's like there's it is a wacky comedy as far as what it's doing it's just it's a little too modern studio well, I, wacky comedy yeah, i feel like i would say that i would probably just disagree slightly on the zany part i would probably say like it probably needs to be a little bit straighter it's not even like crazy zany but it's like if you wanted to have the the lavelle storyline with like the daughter storyline just make that like a straight storyline make never never tell me that lavelle is like um living his best life in the first few weeks of Zamunda. Like he just never wanted it to begin with and he also like, doesn't like Eddie Murphy. That'd be that'd be like a better story altogether. But you know, anyway, um yes, there are great numbers in the birthday I'm sorry, in the living funeral scene. Um in addition to like there's a lot of great dance numbers throughout the rest of this movie as well. There's a lot of like good musical no- because it's like for one thing it's just you know, for a, for movies like this to just see like rooms full of black excellence like being shown off, it's like that's that's fun because they're all dressed up to the nines and everything. Mm-hmm. Like it, it just they're well composed scenes as far as seeing a bunch of people like this just having a good time. Um, and yeah, like the music's fun and everything. Like it, it just does the job as far as those kind of moments go because it's yeah. you know for one thing you don't get a lot of comedies that just break into dance every now and then like anymore. Like that's, that's yeah, very, that's I mean, very much more of a like, that's more of an eighties thing. My life that really yeah. is more of an eighties thing as far as let's like let's just stop and have a dance number for a while. <laughs> it's not a musical, but we're just doing this anyway. Like Ferris Bueller. Yeah, have you example. not seen Thriller? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, exactly. Thriller. It's not a music video. It's a movie. <laughs> uh, speaking of which. For a movie that is like cameos galore, they tend to work. Like I like Trevor Noah as the. Zamunda I was gonna bring up Network. Trevor Noah also. That Anchor. guy made me laugh so hard. It's pretty funny. I like I said from the get go, if Louis Anderson comes in here still working at McDowell's, I'd giggle, and I did because it's just funny to see Louis Anderson working at yeah. McDowell's. But it, it's funny. It's like when you think about it, for the movie, it's like it's funnier that he's still Louis Anderson, the character from the first one, mm-hmm. but now he's been transferred to the first McDowell's that's open in Zamunda. Yeah, so it's just like... a, lo- a loyal employee. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, I was happy to see him in the movie because I had read that Eddie Murphy originally didn't want him in the first coming to no, America. What they, it, to, be, it's, to be clear, yeah, they, yeah. They, were, they were forced to hire a white actor for the movie. And Arsenio and Eddie Murphy chose Louis Anderson because they think he's very funny. So like, yeah. okay, if we're gonna have a white person in the movie, then it's gonna be Louis Anderson because he's great. Like, yes. so, it's... so I was glad that he was in this, and also in the first one because, you know, Louis Anderson has a like Louis. I, I just love that there's all these comedians in this movie, mm-hmm. and so they they bring in like a weird energy all the time too, um, which I, I dig. The anyway. other the other thing. It is funny to see Eddie Murphy and Arsenio Hall playing all these characters again. They're very funny. Like yes. I, right. even the Reverend and um and uh, uh Randy Watson, Sexual Chocolate, of course. <laughs> like as as much as they are shoved into this movie, I can't say they're not funny. Like they're really I, funny. <laughs> like, yeah. I was say like that that Randy Watson, the last song bit. Uh huh. That felt like Eddie Murphy was having a really good time. For like sure. it just like not even like oh this is like a fun song. It's a fun scene. It's like no. This feels like Eddie Murphy was just like, I want to get into like a suit, mm-hmm. and I just want to do this ridiculous thing, because that's who I am. I I and... have I'd have little doubt that if you if you asked Eddie Murphy who's his favorite like character he he got to like make up as like get dressed up as it, I would have I have very little doubt that it wouldn't be Randy Watson. I think he <laughs> loves that character just because of how outrageous he is and the suit like you mentioned and the hair the Jerry curl like. Right. I, I think I think that one he just absolutely loves the idea of play, of what that character is. Right. Like the soul the soul singer that looks the way he does. <laughs> uh, 
<laughs> also, the barbershop guys are, of course, great as well. Like, that's hilarious. Uh, They're always great, mm-hmm. and it just wasn't enough. Not, yeah, not but, enough because you can you can you watch it. You're like, I need a whole movie of this. <laughs> like, well, they, they're there for like a bit for two minutes, maybe like a minute, and then they're there for like a 45 second bit, and then that's it. Um, which is completely fine, but I think what what makes it work in the first in coming to America '88 is just that you get to live in with these guys. They're not they're not doing anything related to like Eddie Murphy at all, and then Eddie Murphy will just show up in the doorway. You know they're they're I mean? part of the world in that because they're yeah. in Queens, so it may, and they live above them, so it's like it makes sense that they're there. This right. is like where we we show up there, we go up that to Queens, and the whole neighborhood's gentrified except for the barbershop. It's right there, <laughs> <laughs> which is still like a funny thing. But you know, I, I agree with you that, that it's fun to see mm-hmm. guys in costumes and makeup and character mm-hmm. playing a old things that they that they uh, seemingly love to, to do sadly i yes. I, I i wasn't big on what they did with with um well mainly well, largely some of the women in this movie but, but like vanessa bell calloway who played the what the the the, the, the first the, betrothed the first betrothed wife that eddie yes. murphy rejected so he can find his own woman uh, his own, you know, his own wife to, to, you know, his own person well, to marry. He finds Lisa. To find someone that he's actually in love with, not an arranged marriage. And mm-hmm. this one, just like it, I get what the joke is as far as she's hopping on her foot and barking like she was. But it's like, wait, so th- that's really dark when I feel like she's just been like cursed to do this for the past 30 years. Like that's. No, she was following his order. So she, it's like, you know, a long running joke. It's, but it's it like, just seems very mean spirited when I look at it. it, it but like, it's also like a waste of time. You know what I mean? So it's like if you're going to I'd rather have Eric LaSalle show up than that character. He was apparently know? busy, which is why he wasn't in him. And, and Patrice, Damn it, Eric. And, and Patrice was weren't in this movie. Or, so. Um. I was wondering why he wasn't in this movie. He's like, I don't think that this is a good idea, but, uh, but it, I mean, it's a greater point though, as far as, you know, they go so far as like, they have Kiki Lane's character. Who's like a, a, all of his daughters are all like smart women who can fight and everything. But it's like, you have that random cameo and it's like, I don't want to stress too much. Like a, like, you know, a a third of, 20 second joke but it's like that seems mean like it just kind of got to me it's like that's mean that this woman like the idea is this woman's just been hopping on one foot and barking for like the past 30 years that just like got yeah, to me in a weird... yeah like I, I don't know if i necessarily found it mean i just found it like useless you know what i mean well it's useless um, in a way that's tinged to be like she's crazy now it's like okay yeah i mean like... she's still waiting for like actually that that is weird now that's like prince akim has been back as a window for at least 25 years. Yeah. It's, uh, and I guess that he has never run into her or it's for, the general it's, has it's all asked the, him to like stop. It's all for the sake of a gag. Stuff. And it's like, okay. <laughs> yeah, I hear you. Yeah, I, um, I, Sherry Haley, who plays Lisa, I mean, I didn't expect her to have a lot to do because there's a lot of, you know, well-known comedic talent in this film. So like, eventually she gets a chance to like have some fun with Leslie Jones. Like that, that works well enough. As far as the kind of weird relationship they have, is of course they've both given Akeem children. Um. <laughs> <laughs> it, it starts out contentious and it it quickly resolves, which is the the story, the entire story, too, right? Because I I would have liked to have. It's weird when they first bring up the Leslie Jones stuff because you're like, well, I thought Hakeem like he actually defends himself too. He's like, no, well, the, I, yeah, they give a they give a reasoning as to what happened, but it's sure. like again, it's kind of it's mean when you look. It's it's 
I mean, a king was essentially raped is the implication here. Like, that's what's happened in this scenario. Sure. And, and, it, it was, it and was like, the movie just kind of glosses yes. over that. And it's like, okay, that's the way we're doing it. <laughs> yeah. And, like, all this stuff is, like, non-consequential and not necessary. So to say that the movie is not necessary is not what I'm saying. I'm just saying that there's a lot of plot elements here uh, that I just didn't find were conducive to making me feel as though it was a complete movie, a complete story that they told. It, yeah, it, I mean, it amounts, like, I li- I generally like Craig Brewer, because I really like Black Snake Bone and, um, and um, Hustle and Flow. Uh, mm-hmm. And I actually like his Footloose remake. I think it's pretty fine, actually. I suppose that's a good one, yeah. yeah. Not not terrible, but it's good. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, uh, and, and obviously Dolomite is my name, I'm a really big fan of. So, like, watching this, I couldn't help but feel like, it was a little too sitcom-y. Like, it's not, it doesn't, like... There's not a lot of movie here, if you know what I mean. It's just more like... Sure. It, it actually way... feels... You, you mentioned this way early on. Mm-hmm. It it feels like a skit... Uh, like the first um, Coming to America feels like a skit, and then this one just feels like continuation of the skit with like other ideas. It's like, this one actually feels like bits and bits and bits and bits. You know what I mean? Individual bits that they just put, put together for a movie. And the first one, it actually is a skit, like it's a, it's like one bit, but they panned it, like they fleshed it. There's out. a story. They're telling a yeah. story in the movie. I mean, like, There's characters. Like, you know, it has I'm location. I'm gonna pitch you it has the place. first movie. Like mm-hmm. if if I'm Adam Murphy, I'm pitching it to you. It's like, Aaron, uh, I want to take a character that I'm gonna make. He's an African prince, and I want to take him to. Or he needs to get married, and so where's the most logical place for him to get married? In Queens. That's a that's a that's an SNL skit, you it's, know what I mean? I mean it's a but skit he too, fleshes but like, it out. It's a high concept, like it. Yeah, it, yeah, yeah, yeah. But what I'm saying is like it it could be, like it could have been terrible as sure. well. Yes, it could. And be then a one this one, it is like a bunch of skits, and they're just like this is not cohesive. It yeah, it feels yes, it feels less organic by nature. The fact that it's a sequel, and it's like okay, so yeah, we're not there's not much new territory to go over here except we're just yeah. flip the script as far as now they're in Zamunda for the whole movie and we'll add some new characters, but like. The first one, yeah, it's a movie that has an actual story and characters, and it has a heart to it. This one has those things, it just doesn't do it as well, and that's a shame. Again, yeah. my expectation wasn't that oh, it's going to definitely equal coming oh, to yeah. America. Oh yeah, I didn't. I didn't Neither have of us were like, that. yeah, yeah. I don't. I don't think that you and I had high expectations of like, can't wait to to laugh my ass off again. It's like no, if I wanted to do that, I'd just watch old Eddie Murphy stuff. Um, you know, and that is. I, I, it's weird because it feels like we're sort of like coming to a draw here or a close here, but I, yeah. I don't know actually how to like rate this. I don't know we don't really rate it uh, regularly on nights, but I, I don't know like it is on Amazon Prime. I guess you could easily watch it's it. It's just there to Should watch. You watch it. Like yeah, I guess when you have time. Like it actually reminds me of the Borat movie, which also came out uh, like five months ago, uh, maybe even less. It was the week before the election, so <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Great. So yeah, five months ago, um, and I there there's some hits there, but there's also misses. Like they also retread territory, but they also try like that's a different thing altogether. But um, I think that they it, they both fit in the same wagon, which is hey, it's a it's a sequel that people really we're not really clamoring for per se, and so it's not as though we have like a fresh shake on things. It's kind of just more of the same and. It's available if you want to see it, which is not like a high recommendation. It, and I'm not saying that it's not fun at parts, 
But it is one of those things where it's like, yeah, I guess if you want to see it, you can see it. I, I, I did enjoy the first third of it much more than anything else because of the introductions, but also how goofy and silly and wacky it was. Um, and some of these like jokes, these one-liners killed me in the first act. Mm-hmm. Uh, so like, beyond that, I, I don't know if there's really anything that I could recommend. And you should watch it when you're just like folding laundry and you have like 16 other things going on. Yeah, no, I, you know, <laughs> it's we- like, I agree with what you're saying, essentially. It's it's there to be watched if you want to watch it. Like, I'm coming at it as a guy that's seen Coming to America a bunch of times. So it's like, of course, why would I not? And I feel like a lot of people are have seen Coming to America a bunch of times. It's like, yeah, why would we not want to watch the sequel that features the same cast? Like, yeah, that's a no-brainer. I just wish it was better. So it's yeah, uh, totally. And with and, that said, you know, some people have been really enjoying it. Like, uh, <laughs> we we have some friends of the show that are fans of it. We have other friends that really didn't. Mark Hoban hated this movie, but um, <laughs> yeah. And it, it's weird because I'm not. I, I don't think that you and I are in the middle of the road on this. It's not as I was like, oh, it's fine. It's more of like, it's not very good. Um, but if you like Eddie Murphy, I guess that you would be like, yeah, you know, I want to see it for the Eddie Murphy performance, or I want to see it for the Arsenio performance. It's not a good movie, like, overall. and Yeah, it's ultimately not, like, you know, I was in this weird zone of, like, for, you know, for the Rotten Tomato scores, like, do I market fresh or rotten? Because it's like, I get Oh, it. you guys market? Oh. oh, yeah, we market ourselves. Yeah. Uh, right. And I have a rule for myself where if it's, like, if it's a 5 out of 10 or lower, it's rotten. And I gave okay. it a 5. But it's like, I don't hate this. And I wouldn't tell somebody, right. don't, I don't, I wouldn't say, I wouldn't say to you, don't watch this movie. So I was like, well... But I'm, you know, it's my rule, so I still gave yeah. it rotten. But you, you know, this is yeah. this is a YouTube movie, meaning like you'd go back and watch clips on YouTube because <laughs> there's funny clips, like there's funny segments in this movie. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And you don't have to watch the entirety of it because none of it really makes sense anyway. So um, it's it's kind of like that where it's like, yeah, yeah, you can totally just watch. Hey, Aaron, go check out that one clip where um, uh, they start uh. Where he goes back to Queens and, uh, yeah, it's gentrified or whatever the case is. You know, I couldn't think of anything off the top of my head. No, I know what you're saying. I mean, what you're essentially saying is it, it's sporadically funny. And so, yes, like, yes, so, so, yeah. you know, there are moments that are, you know, more successful than others. And, mm-hmm. you know, that's a shame. At the same time, I do, I just keep wanting to acknowledge, like, I, I do like that just, you know, there's a lot of people here that are just having a good time making this thing in a way where, you know, for, you know, a big black movie, you you're getting that you're getting something that's just kind of like pure exuberance on the Kaz's part. I wish it all came together better for a better comedy, mm-hmm. but you know, there, there's something I can respect there as far as, Hey, we want to do this. We wanted to put on a show. We wanted to put on a show for you guys. And we did it. Yeah. And that's the part where I was like, ah, that's, that's fun. That's nice. Like, yeah, let me put on the show, but let me see the Eddie Murphy Arsenio Hall show. Mm-hmm. That's, I agree. that's, yeah, like I, I don't really care about the Jermaine Fowler show. Not to say the Jermaine Fowler is not good in the things that he's in, but for this movie, again, I don't need the Lavelle character. I don't need the, um, I don't need the Leslie Jones character. I don't need the the um, uh, Tracy Morgan character. None of that stuff I need. I just want to see, like, if you had just made it about that, like, that would have been enough for me. Is that a whole movie? Probably not, which is why they have to add these extra elements. Um, but you know. Uh, I I I don't I honestly I can't recommend this movie to people, but it's there because you've already paid for Prime. 
uh the, the soundtrack great too i really like the soundtrack of this movie <laughs> <laughs> that's right it's got davido I mean, <laughs> all right so we've talked yeah. about coming to america <laughs> we did it yeah. we had a long yeah. discussion about this movie <laughs> it was longer than i intended I just, you know, you got to give James Earl Jones the respect when he deserves it. That's what I. This say. is true. I cannot wait for, uh, for you to go and uh, knock on his door and ask him for the baseballs, and he tells you that you know he used to play major league baseball, um, and uh, he went used, blind because pitched him in the. Uh, I the used to crowd play. the plate. Pitchers hate that. <laughs> <laughs> and then he reads you, uh, he reads you an editor Edgar Allan Poe uh, story. Did you notice that he says this is ZNN too when the news thing comes on? On uh for Trevor Noah, yeah, I did notice that. Yeah, it's funny. <laughs> yeah, but I also just love like Trevor Noah, like I the people that were eating up the the chewing the scenery and, and eating it up, I loved it. So is Colin Jost? Yeah, he's in here for like forty seconds, and I was like, <laughs> for a, for a Trading Places reference too, no less. Yeah, he <laughs> he knows what he's doing in that scene, and he knows what it is, and he does it well, right? Um. And uh, uh, Trevor Noah there for like a minute, total time, and he's great in it, you know. So yeah, I don't think we mentioned Tracy Morgan at all. I do think he's very funny in this movie. I, I think Tracy Morgan funny. in general is funny. I was kind of just yeah. like, you know, like mm-hmm. you, you go watch the last OG. It's serious but also hilarious. It is. Um, it's great. Yeah. So it's like you know Tracy Morgan, and I also love Tracy Morgan because you know that he respects Eddie a lot, mm-hmm. <laughs> and so it's. He could have been like a ridiculous, a more ridiculous character, but I'm pretty certain that Eddie was like, "Yeah, we don't want you to go crazy ridiculous." Um, so he didn't go crazy ridiculous, which, which, you know, I I like that about uh Tracy Morgan is like, if he doesn't respect you, you could tell when he doesn't respect you, like on interviews and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. It's fun to see those those uh where he just. It's because people doubt him because they think he's just crazy and he's just a really he's actually a very smart guy. He's <laughs> actually super smart, yeah. super like in touch with himself like mm-hmm. emotionally especially now yeah yeah i mean but yeah if you're if you're like well how do you know this abe it's like i i probably don't know it fully but go watch his episode of comedians cars getting coffee not a single tracy morgan ism in that in that 30 minute uh video like yes maybe some of it but that's like when he's trying to play up a character for jerry but he talks about comedy and he also talks to jerry um in a way that's like yeah this is the tracy morgan that that got snl this is the tracy morgan that got that works well with tina fey in 30 rock and you seeing the character of tracy morgan much more and people are like that's probably what what the real tracy morgan is and it's like no he's actually a super chill like thoughtful guy and he loves comedy and so for him to do this and not like steal the scenes or like act overly foolish Mm -hmm. it's like yeah there's uh tracy morgan uh is great so i i yeah calling him out specifically is true uh but yeah i was just like yeah no he's great in this so yeah let's uh let's see more funny people being funny in uh, future projects especially eddie murphy and arsenio hall because they still they still got it yeah i was like are they is there anything announced for those two or Uh, no not not specifically but i just here's hoping (laughs) yeah this is true this here's the hoping clink all right so that's been out now nights it's you can uh, find our show in all places. All, all the places. Yeah. yeah. You know how it goes. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. See you next time. Yeah. Coming to America, now it's coming to me. I'm not regular, understanding the kings. Channel my father while I was speaking to you. Vision manifest, speaking until it's true. Can't go to sleep, too busy living the dream. I'm by myself, too busy building.
I'm a king, I'm a king, I'm a king. What a throne that, let me take a seat. Give me all that, give me what I need. When I fall back, give it to my seat. Yeah. I'm a king, I'm a king, I'm a king.